1: River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotoma Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.
2: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you're created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10:10. 10, 10. And speaking of being full, we're in a series called Filled, which has nothing to do with eating that big burger as seen at reallife.org when you find this series. No, it's a spiritual filling Pastor Sean is talking about. But healthy spiritual hunger can be suppressed. Yet some of the best examples of people with a rich spiritual life are also those who were hungry. So, what can we do to renew a sense of healthy spiritual hunger? Pastor Sean has some ideas in Philippians and Ephesians. The message today is called Getting Hungry. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: There's a sports kind of axiom, a statement that's made a lot, and it's that the team that wants it most is usually the one that's going to come out on top, okay? Who's the hungriest, right? And we had a great example of that this last week. Uh, We had the college football national championship game, and it was an okay game, not a lot of drama, right? I mean, it was, you know, whatever, you know. That was one of the greatest, greatest, you know, championship games ever. It was incredible, right? But... Alabama went into that game, and Alabama is a great football dynasty. I mean, they were really seeking their fifth national title in eight years. They were, I think they were favored. They were undefeated. Uh, they went to an early 14-0 lead. At that point, honestly, I thought, okay, this game's over because they're the number one defense in the nation. And I'm thinking, okay, this game is finished. Well, they go through the game. Clemson's a great team as well. They fight back. But going into the fourth, okay, Alabama is still up by 10. And so it's like, okay, you know, they're, they're not going to lose this. Well, Clemson had something to say about that. Led by quarterback Deshaun Watson, uh, they outscored Alabama 21-7 in that fourth quarter. And then that last touchdown was with one second left in the game. It was pretty dramatic, right? They won the national championship 35-31 over Alabama, which was incredible. But I didn't hear any sports writers who said, Oh no, the, the more talented team necessarily won. I heard several who said, Yeah, they just wanted it more and we're not going to be denied. They just were not going to stop, we're not going to be denied. They were hungrier. Now I don't know necessarily if that was true. Um those two great teams, somebody had to lose. But it's just a beautiful kind of picture of of just hunger, just desire. And we know if someone wants it bad enough, if they're hungry, they can do things that they could never do any other way. You've probably experienced that at work. If you've ever had two employees, you might even have one that's more talented, more gifted. But if there's another employee who's hungrier, they just want it more, you know they're going to accomplish more. Because motivation is one of those things. If you can unlock motivation, if you can help a person tap into desire, well, they can accomplish almost anything. Really, because they'll get with other people. They'll look for people who can help supplement in their areas of weakness. They'll do whatever it takes. That's a powerful thing. And I'm telling you, you know, uh, it's it's true in sports. It's true in life. Hunger will trump talent every single time. And that's one of those things that I came away from last week's message, thinking a lot about hunger. Because remember, we said we're all going to fill with something. We And I started with this idea. We talked about even physical hunger. We had the graphic of the burger that everyone's been going, "Wow, I want a burger, right? We're all going to fill with something because we do have these hungers, this, this desire for meaning, this desire for purpose. And we saw, and we stated a principle, the deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. That is just biblically true. And any of us who follow Jesus Christ for any length of time, we know what that's talking about. There are hungers of our spirit, there are desires that can only be satisfied in Him. And we are all hungry for something. But I have to tell you, as I was sharing in last week's message, and even as we were singing that song at the end, and I kind of got to thing about it, I said, what, what if there are people here, even at River City, who they're, they're in church, you know, they're interested, they, they, they want to follow the Lord's will for their life, at least somewhat. I mean, you know, we're like, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. But what if there are people there who honestly, on honest reflection, said, but I don't know that I'd say I'm hungry. I don't know that I'd say I have a spiritual hunger or thirst. I don't know if my behavior would suggest that I have a spiritual hunger or thirst. You know, we talk about spiritual disciplines, Right? In fact, if it's this time of year, we kind of pick up some disciplines. I hope you are. We started a new Bible reading plan, okay? It's designed to take us over two years. If you follow our Bible reading plan, it's two chapters a day. It's at reallife.org. You will read in a two-year two year period. You'll read the New Testament and Psalms twice, and you'll read the Old Testament once. So that's how it works. It's a great Bible reading plan. I hope you are... Implementing some spiritual disciplines in your life, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, that's a great one. It's a very nice pace. You get some of the New Testament, some of the Old Testament every day. It's a great plan. And I think spiritual disciplines are important, but, but stop and consider. what I'm doing is feeding my spirit. And let me just tell you something that I never need discipline to do. I never need discipline to sit down at a table and eat. Right? I don't sit down at my breakfast table or sit down for dinner and go, "Look at how disciplined I am." My gosh. I mean, it's really very easy for me to sit down at the table and eat. I don't have a hard time at all. In fact, three times a day, plus probably several times in between for snacks, something in me says, we need to go eat. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's get on it. Now, I didn't say I don't need discipline to eat right, but, you know, I I digress, right? But you know what I'm saying? There's something, and and what I want to suggest is that in the same way that I have this physical hunger that just kind of draws me to eat, I think I'm supposed to have a spiritual hunger that's supposed to draw me to seek to be filled in the Spirit. But I still want to deal with a very real and maybe uncomfortable question, but what if I don't have that hunger? What if I don't feel that? I think some bad theology has caused some people to kind of spurn or disregard the idea of hunger altogether. Well, since Christ did it all, I don't have to do anything. That sounds like works, you know. I'm done. Jesus did it all. I don't need to worry about it, so I just go on my way and look forward to heaven. I just want to say that's bad theology. Yes, Jesus did do it all. Yes, our salvation is secured in him. Yes, it's true. There's nothing I can do to save myself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that I was created and so were you. We were created to have a relationship with him and our spirits hunger for something. And I want to suggest that we often kind of go every place but the right place to fill that hunger. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to pick up at verse 3 because I want us to hear from a hungry man. A man who truly understood personal hunger and spiritual hunger. I'm obviously talking about the Apostle Paul. Interesting kind of topic. He's talking a little bit about his Jewish roots, and he's dealing with some critics. He says, For it is we who are the circumcision, those who are marked as God's people. He says, We who serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Now listen, verse 4. He says, Though I myself have reason for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. What he's doing is he's giving you his pedigree, his resume, in a spiritual and cultural sense as a good religious Jew. Because there were, there were religious Jews who were coming against him going, Wait a minute, this whole faith thing, this whole Jesus thing. What about... Us and, and we're of the law, we're of Moses. And Paul said, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you have any reason to boast, he says, I've got more. Let me tell you the things I used to be about. And he gives this incredible pedigree and resume. But look at how he turns in verse 7. And listen to this. He says, but whatever were gains to me, whatever were gains to me, things he just listed, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I've lost everything. I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that that comes from God on the basis of faith. And listen, it's like he just starts, he kind of cuts loose, stops talking about theology, and just this desire pours out. Verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And listen, he says, not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal. Um, this is a guy who has been used by God to see miraculous things happen. He has suffered for the gospel. He has done incredible, powerful things. He's an apostle. He's actually writing the scripture under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he's sitting here saying, yeah, not that I've already obtained all this. Not that I've already arrived at my goal. He said, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That is a man with some hunger.
2: And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in this message called Getting Hungry which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org where there you can also watch a video podcast of this message and series. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
1: River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.
2: And now back to the message, Getting Hungry. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: To know Jesus, I just want to know him. I want to know everything about him. I want to know him relationally. I want to know his suffering. I want to know his death. I want to know his resurrection. I want to experience resurrection myself through him. He's hungry for more of Jesus. And it's fascinating. Paul had always had a hunger, but it had been formally filled another way. And that's what he was boasting about. He's boasting a little bit in the beginning of his resume. And it was an impressive resume, spiritually, culturally as a Jew. He's presenting a pretty impressive. He's boasting a little bit. These are the things I used to be filled by. He says, "Yeah, but now, now, um, yeah, they're nothing to me. In fact, they're garbage. Everything else, but the one thing of pursuing and knowing Jesus." See, Paul had a hunger that had been formerly filled in other ways: his religious zeal, his pedigree, even in his persecution of the church. But this newer, greater Hunger caused him to shed and get rid of anything that used to quote fill him. What if the reason we're not hungry is that we're already full with other things? What if that's it? What if it's we're already full? And I'm not saying you're full of it. Okay, Don't, don't go, Pastor Sean, diss the whole congregation. No, but what if, like Paul, what if the reason we're not hungry, we're already full of all kinds of other stuff? We're just full. We've satisfied all these longings, these hungers, these desires, and other things. You see, and here's the point I want you to write down. Here's why I want you to remember. This is the big idea. It's hard to be hungry if you're already full. It's hard to be hungry if you're already full. Our community group this week had a great discussion talking about being satisfied in him from last week and talked about all the different things that kind of try to fill us up or that we try to fill ourselves with. Let me just tell you, this is a great group of people. They're all part of this church, all just godly people. So nobody was talking about, oh, yeah, I'm involved in prostitution or I'm caught up in drugs or I'm a thief. We're not talking about these big, horrible sins that you're like, oh my gosh. We're actually, the things that we started to say that we kind of tried to fill ourselves up with, they weren't bad things. They were okay things. Busyness. Busyness at okay things. Talk about our own goals can get in the way and kind of be this artificial filler. Our own agenda. That's a constant challenge. Other things that just feed the flesh. They're not in and of themselves necessarily evil. They're just filler. I had to honestly share with my group, um, even in my job as a pastor, and I have to tell you, I am so thankful for the job that God lets me do for a living, that I get to, for my vocation, for my profession, <clears throat> I get to share the gospel with people. I get to help people come to know Christ. I think it's the most important thing in the world. I think, I think it's because it's about eternity. It's about people's souls. It's about their lives. I think it matters. And so I am so grateful for that. But that being said, there is a part of my job that I just have to tell you, I, I truly love and I just love it for what it is. I like, I enjoy building and leading an organization i do and as founding pastor you know the start of a small group of people and laurie's in my home and we've been able to with the lord's help with some great people we've been able to grow the fellowship we've been able to build it. and there's a lot of organizational work there's a lot of leadership there's a lot of management there's a lot of things involved in that and i have to tell you i really enjoy that part i like it what i really think is if god hadn't called me to do this i would be in some sort of entrepreneurial endeavor or business. I would do something like that because I'm wired that way and I enjoy that. And let me just say, I'm not saying that's bad. What I am saying is if I'm not careful, that can kind of fill me up. I can get caught up in filling my soul, filling my spirit with the leadership, the job, which I enjoy, and not being filled up with him like Paul's talking about. I and mean, you're like, but Sean, come on, man, you're a pastor. Your whole job is the Bible and leading people to follow Jesus and all that. Let me just say to you, if you don't think that a pastor okay, is just like any other person, let me just tell you, folks, lest there be any bubbles burst here, okay? I'm a regular guy following Jesus, doing my best to follow Jesus. I love him dearly. But I've got the same kind of hang-ups, the same temptations as everybody else. If you don't think pastors can get caught so caught up in the job... Preaching, ministry, leading, building people, building ministries. If you don't think we can so get caught up in the job that it can lead us astray, then you haven't been paying attention. The public high-profile ministers that we've seen crash and burn, I don't believe the majority of those people were charlatans who started out to rip people off and to kind of, we're just doing this because they couldn't do anything else. I believe most of them were sincere when they started. I just know that like anything else, this job can become an idol can become something that we, starts to fill us in a way that's not appropriate and can become the very thing that leads us astray. And lest you sit there and go, ooh, you better be careful, Sean. Mm. You know where this is going, right? If it can happen with my job, which really is, does include leading people to follow Jesus and the word of God every day and all those things. If it can happen with my job, you think it can maybe happen with yours? You think some of the things you're involved in can become artificial fillers? And and again, I'm not saying they're bad. I don't think it's bad. I'm just saying anything that we try to fill ourselves with instead of what Paul is talking about, Jesus Christ, becomes spiritual junk food. It's really what it is. It's spiritual junk food. There's all kinds of spiritual junk food. And here's the thing. I'm not saying leadership or building organizations or any of those things or any of the things you do, I'm not saying they are inherently spiritual junk food. I'm saying when they become a substitute and a filler, for us, instead of what Paul's talking about, being filled in Jesus, they become spiritual junk food. All kinds of things can be spiritual junk food. Uh, An achievement scorecard, being all caught up in achievement. And again, there's nothing wrong with achievement. But when it feeds you, it's generally the flesh it's feeding. When you get your validation from achievement, when that's your scorecard, I'm just telling you, that's generally the flesh. Unhealthy relationships can be spiritual junk food. And there's all kinds of different types of unhealthy relationships. Sometimes it's inappropriate relationships. Relationships you have no business having. Sexual relationships that are contrary to what God's Word describes and what we should be involved in. Inappropriate. Negative or gossipy relationships. You know what's interesting about negative and gossipy? um, They can artificially make you feel like you're filled because when you're you're tearing someone else down, being negative about someone else and gossiping about them, you kind of feel a little better, don't you? That's why it's worth talking about them, because, look, at I, I'm better. And in an artificial way, you can kind of feel filled. It's not really filled. It just feels that way. Utilitarian relationships, relationships where I'm just using people. Codependent relationships. See, what's funny is unhealthy relationships can make you kind of feel like you're being filled, but they can actually be tearing you down and poisoning you. Another one we talked about in our group, social media. And I'm not saying social media is bad. I'm just saying it can become spiritual junk food real quickly. We can spend so much time filling and building these artificial networks of relationships. And it's weird. Social media. I know a lot of people got off of social media because what they found it doing to them. They stopped. They, they suspended their Twitter accounts. They stopped. They got off of Facebook or Instagram. They just stopped because of what it was doing to them. Because you know what the constant question is? The constant thing when you're doing a social media for a lot of people and when it gets unhealthy is what do they think of me? I'm going to post. What do they think of me? How many people like my post? I didn't like my post. Why didn't they be on my post? Every time she posts, they comment. lots of people comment. I, I don't understand that. It's true. Nobody retweeted my comment. My comment was brilliant. <laughs> There's so much obsession with what other people think. It can make you feel full if it's going well, and it's artificial. It's junk food. Excessive entertainment, TV, movies, novels, music, and I don't think any of those things are bad. But when they become a filler, and they can, they can deaden you, they can become a filler and keep you from having a spiritual hunger. Adrenaline rush, some people are adrenaline junkies, they really are. They just adventure, my next adventure, and that that makes me feel alive, makes me feel full. It's not. Nothing wrong with adventure, any of that. But if it's trying to fill you with what Paul's talking about, it's not going to do it. I don't want to belabor this point. I talked about it a little bit last week, but the pursuit of wealth, it's a deceptive scorecard, but can make you feel full, false sense of security. It feeds your flesh. All of these spiritual junk food. Remember, it's hard to be hungry if you're already full. And, and, you know, junk food is like that. It does that, you know, and, and as a kid, you can eat junk food and it doesn't bother you. But when we get to be adults, we come to discover the real nature of junk food, right? It's like you're eating, it tastes so good at the beginning, you're like, oh, God,
0: oh, oh.
1: Well, if sometimes your spirit, you're like, I think I should be, have more spiritual hunger than I have, I don't. And your spirit is more like a little bit, you know? Maybe you've been eating spiritual junk food. And it's hard to be hungry if you're already full. Well, Paul, I think in this Philippians passage, gives us some key ideas on his journey to spiritual hunger, okay? He's a person who was full of self, self-described, full of self, but something happened and he became hungry for more of Jesus. And so I want to share with us what Paul would probably share if he could be here. I think if he would, were here and we said, Paul, we want to have that kind of hunger, he would tell us a couple things. Number one, I think he'd say, get empty. He would say, Get empty. I think spiritual hunger always comes from emptying oneself. From emptying oneself. Paul used the phrase forgetting what is behind. Emptying self, kind of like Jesus did. He wrote this in Philippians 2, 5-8. He said, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in, a perp- in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a
2: cross. Emptying of self. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Getting Hungry or this whole series called Filled, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.
1: River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.